Okay guys, I'm sure many of you have seen in the past week, either from the news or one of the videos that's gone viral on social media, that in the past week, during his commencement speech at an American college, the billionaire private equity investor Robert F. Smith announced that he was going to make a donation to write off all the student loans of that year's graduating class. Here's the clip. Men of Morehouse, you are surrounded by a community of people who have helped you arrive at this sacred place and on this sacred day. On behalf of the eight generations of my family who have been in this country, we're going to put a little fuel in your bus. Now, I've got the alumni over there, and this is a challenge to you, alumni. This is my class, 2019. and my family is making a grant to eliminate their student loans. Obviously, it's a very generous, charitable act that he's done there. But for those of you who are already familiar with who Robert Smith is, you probably weren't too surprised that he went and did that because he's clearly someone that's always been very driven by philanthropy and giving back to his community. I mean, obviously, he's driven by other things as well. Otherwise, he wouldn't be worth $5 billion. But he's someone that has his heart in the right place. So the first of the two reasons I wanted to cover him was just to point out that he exists. So if you come across his interviews or talks online, things that aren't just in the tabloid press talking about what he's done in the past week, but what he's done in his career, then I would go and listen to it. He's someone that's open to giving advice and passing on his wisdom and trying to inspire people to follow a similar journey to what he did. And that's where the second point comes in because his journey was a tough one. He didn't come from this rich background where his parents were able to give him a lot of money to start his own investment fund, he had to work his way up. But what's particularly impressive and inspiring about this are the obstacles that he had to overcome. You see, when he was climbing the ladder at companies like Goldman Sachs and then eventually starting his own company, he had to overcome obstacles based on the color of his skin. We're talking about a couple of decades ago when things weren't the same as they are now. Although even now, a lot of people struggle with that. And so the reason I wanted to pass this on, and there will be a clip in a moment from him talking at another commencement speech, not the one that he's just given, but one a few years ago. But the reason I wanted to pass this on is because there are a lot of people that are dealt a bad hand in life. And a lot of people see this as a reason to limit their potential and to use it as an excuse of why they can't achieve things. But I always think that if you can find one successful person that's maybe been in a similar situation or maybe a more difficult situation and they've achieved great things, then it's possible for you to as well. Now, obviously, I'm not saying everyone's going to end up being billionaires just because he did. If some of you do, that's fantastic. But being realistic, we can have much more humble expectations. But what I am saying is that even if your background is worse than his, even if you've got a more difficult thing to overcome than he did, you can take inspiration from what he's done to see that there's plenty that you can achieve. And so I wanted to play this clip of something that he points out as one of the ways that he's been able to overcome obstacles and achieve what he's achieved, and that is to run your own race to not pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Yes, someone else might be more privileged. Yes, someone else might have been given a lot more money than what you have. But if you focus on what you do, stay in your lane, run your own race, you can achieve your full potential anyway. You must bridge who you are with who you can be. 
by running your own race. Let me tell you what I mean by that. And I'm going to share the story of a very famous racehorse called Secretariat. My grandfather and I used to go to the horse races all the time together. But 42 years ago next month, Secretariat galloped to victory at the Belmont Stakes. And he captured the final leg of the Triple Crown, becoming the first horse in 25 years or so to achieve that great feat. He was a three-year-old thoroughbred, and he captured the minds of a nation. And even as a 10-year-old boy growing up in Colorado, I was captivated by this story. And having sprinted to victory in the Kentucky Derby and the Preakness, he was favored to win the Belmont Stakes, but there were some doubters. Even though it's the longest of the races and everyone thought he was just a sprinter and not really built for longer distances, Secretariat knew better. He opened the race by exploding out of the gate and drove himself forward to command an enormous lead. And he kept growing that lead with every stride. He wasn't looking to his left. He wasn't looking to his right. He wasn't worried about his challengers. He looked straight ahead. And even when he was 28 lengths ahead, he kept surging forward, racing against himself, running his own race. And by the time he finished and crossed that finish line, he had won by 31 lengths. 31 lengths. You can win by one length. Why win by 31 lengths? Because the lesson is as follows. There is no greater test of ourselves and no greater reward than to compete against our own potential. And it is incumbent upon you, the class of 2015, to run your own race. And when I talk about running your own race, what do I really mean? Every story is going to be different. The ingredients are going to be different. But I'm going to give you an illustration of what running your own race, just by giving you some sense of my career and the path in my career. And the first and foremost important thing about running your own race is dreaming big. And here I'm called back to my childhood when I was just starting elementary school. At that point in time, the Supreme Court had just ruled that public school districts could pursue desegregation by using forced busing to achieve racial balance in their schools. In fact, I started my own education as a first grader being bused to a school across town, even though my father was a principal at a school five blocks away. Although I was a live subject in one of the nation's most controversial legal debates, I frankly didn't know what the big deal was all about, because these kids who didn't look like me sure acted just like me. But desegregation was a big deal to my parents, and leaders of their generations knew, a great, knew that great change was in store, and it was the right thing to do and they often met with resistance and often violent resistance. And dreaming big to me meant knowing my history, but not being bound by it. It meant harnessing the past to drive me into the future. It meant grounding myself in who I was and where I came from so I could soar to become who I wanted to become. So to me, the first part of running your own race is dreaming big, and the second part is challenging yourself and being persistent. Running your own race demands trusting yourself even when others don't. Because guess what? There are a lot of people, good people, people who love you, who trust you, and who you love and trust, who want the best for you. And you'll come to them with some ideas about what you want to do and how you want to do it, and they're going to say, that's crazy. 
Just like when I left my first engineering job at Kraft and I was telling my grandfather I was going back to business school, and he said, that's a great paying job, that's crazy. And when I finished business school and decided to join the tumultuous world of investment banking, my friends and my family and my, it spoke up with concerns about my sanity. And when I left Goldman Sachs right after we'd gone public to set up a private equity firm called Vista, my mentors and colleagues at Goldman Sachs thought I was crazy. And to top it all off, when I told them I'm going to start a firm, we're going to focus on enterprise software and not be diversified like all other private equity firms, I was going to hire a team of smart, young, talented people who'd never done this before. Everyone knew I was certifiable. And I did this, of course, in the spring of 2000, about two months before the entire tech bubble crashed. Well, all I can tell you is I've never been mad at these folks. In fact, I'm grateful for their advice and their concern. Because in their caution, I found my courage. In their doubts, I found my resolve. And in their warning, warnings, I found my voice and chartered my own journey. And I'm proud of the Vista story. We take risks. We do things differently. And we listen to our own voice. We run our own race. And it has worked. We are now considered to be the number one private equity firm on the planet and have been so for the last decade. All right, guys, so I hope that that struck a chord with some of you, especially those of you that are sitting there realizing that perhaps you've been dealt a bad hand in life, but now you're not going to let that hold you back. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next one.